Hello you lovely, lovely people and welcome to episode 3 of the BJJ Strength Podcast. Today I'm going to be going deep on the debate around body weight training versus weight training and hopefully try to answer the question of which is a more effective form of strength training for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's, it's a pretty hot topic when you get into these discussions, particularly with someone that's you know, quite attached to one form or the other. And I'm I'm gonna openly say at the start, I'm more biased towards bodyweight training. It's not the only thing I do, we also use kettlebells, but I'm very attached to bodyweight training and I've done a lot of weight training. When I was uh, when I was playing rugby and you know before I really dove headfirst into into bodyweight training, which has been about the last I want to say 13 or so years I've been dedicated to, to bodyweight training. Before that, I you know I used to do the squats, the deadlifts, and the and the bench press, and so I've done both. And I know how much better I feel doing bodyweight training, and I see a lot of the benefits from bodyweight training, particularly as it applies to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I think when we get into some of these debates, it's a lot of the points are often missed. Yeah, a lot of points are often missed around the benefits of bodyweight training. So I want to go a little bit deeper on this topic today. And what I want people to get from this episode is a much broader, more detailed understanding of why I think bodyweight training is a much better form of strength training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I'm not going to talk just about the benefits of bodyweight training. I'll touch about on some of the benefits that you get from weight training that you can't or I don't think you can get from bodyweight training. Um, but I want to put it out there at the start that, you know, I, I, I'm biased. I, I preach a certain way of training. And I just want to put my point of view out there. And hopefully you find it interesting. I've got some some very interesting stats to talk about. I've been doing a little bit of research from this. Some of these numbers are very new to me and I think it's going to open your eyes to the possibilities of bodyweight training as a really effective, for, effective form of, of strength and conditioning. So stay tuned and listen out for that. And I'm going to try to do this episode by trying to answer a series of questions. And the ultimate question that I'm trying to answer is, which is a more effective form of strength training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? So that's the ultimate question, but I want to go through, okay, which makes you stronger? Which makes you, oh sorry, which is more applicable to BJJ as a form of strength training? What what does bodyweight training give you over weight training? And vice versa, what does weight training give you over bodyweight training? And looking at factors such as, you know, what is better for upper body strength and what is better for lower body strength and my opinions on those. And I think that's often, you know, there's a big split of, oh, I like to do body uh, body weight for upper body and weights for the lower body. And then lastly, looking at, you know, how do you most effectively develop 
bodyweight strength. So, as I said, you know, really, really excited to record this episode, and I hope you stay tuned and ignore my page turning as I look at my notes. Uh, don't mind that little bit of noise. And um, but let's get into it. So, the first question that I said I wanted to try to answer is which makes you stronger. Typically, most people are going to say, um, "Well, weight training makes you stronger," and they will they will talk about you know look at a power lifter. If you see, I remember being at the London Olympics in in 2012, and we were watching some of the powerlifting, and then the, the guy that won, I think he weighed 70, 72 kilos, I want to say, and he did a a, a snatch. Um, yeah, it was a snatch, not a clean and jerk. Uh, if you don't know what a snatch is, it's where you and uh, you know, start start on the floor, and in two movements you get. Is it two movements or one movement? I'm not. Um, I need to double check double check that. But essentially, if you're not familiar with the snatch and the Olympic snatch, is where you end up with a barbell raised entirely um, above your head in a kind of like an overhead press position. And this guy was, I think, about 72 kilos, and he lifted. I think the weight was 206 or 207 kilos. I think he actually broke the world record, and it was amazing watching him do this. You know, as he threw this weight up, it almost like he went. It was like he went Super Saiyan, like everything just exploded in terms of the muscles and the veins popping out. That's an incredible amount of strength to lift something almost three times your own body weight directly above your head. I don't. You can't argue with the fact that that's an incredible level of strength. And often people will use that as well, you know, okay, that kind of weightlifting is, is going to make you stronger. But I think it's the wrong question in many ways to, to, to be asking ourselves which makes you stronger. And I'll talk about why and I'll talk about some of the stats of comparing, you know, bodyweight um, athletes, mainly gymnasts versus, you know, more Olympic lifters in terms of power output that gives us some kind of context. But the, the question of which makes you stronger is... I think it's a poor argument and a poor path um, to follow when we're talking about these kind of things, and I want to give you two two reasons. One is, uh, typically, the way that we are measuring strength in these kind of discussions is using weightlifting as a benchmark. And you know, when we use weightlifting, it's much easier to look at the number the person has lifted. They lifted 100 kilos, they lifted 200 kilos, or 400 pounds if we want to go you know, metric versus imperial. And, you know, if you're measuring uh, someone who lifts weights versus someone who does bodyweight training, if, you're, if the only measure of how strong someone is, is lifting that particular weight, then of course the person that is more well-trained, to, uh, uh, you know, at lifting that weight is going to perform better than someone who's not. So it, it's, it's, all, it's a little bit like saying, you know, throw in an American football is going to make you better at throwing a football and then put in um, someone who's a pitcher versus a quarterback to, to, to prove your point. Of course, the person that throws the football more often is going to be better at throwing the football. And likewise, you know, someone who's a pitcher is going to be better at throwing a baseball. So it, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, um, uh, to find, to find the right word, it's a bit of a useless argument, I think, looking at, you know, which, which makes you stronger there's some comparison points that i'll talk about um because it's a different form of strength it's a different type of strength training yes strength is our ability to generate force but 
that force doesn't always need to be generated generated slowly and we'll talk a little bit about sprinters in a second you could look at um, you know if someone was to do a backflip standing on a force generation pad and they do a full backflip and you could measure that force as they press through the ground how would that compare to someone who does a squat they're two very very different movements but both require an incredible amount of of force generation so i think which makes you stronger is almost a useless argument and i think it's a wrong question that we should be asking when we're looking at what's the best form of strength training for for jiu-jitsu but let's look at some stats let's try our best to compare one versus the other and these these are really interesting numbers i've never seen them before before in my life i've kind of you know have thought about this but did the research for this podcast and first look let's look at an olympic lifter so I'm, I f- apologies i forget the source for for these stats i took the notes down but didn't actually you know get the references maybe i can put them in the show notes we'll see um but an, an, an olympic lifter according to this article in this study was measured uh performing the snatch and and they were actually performing the snatch and the clean and jerk and the snatch had the the highest power output uh, measured and obviously they can measure the power output based on the weight they're lifting and the speed that they lift it. And it was the second stage of the snatch that produced the highest level of power. And the power that this person was generating, they had, they had a body weight of, of 82 kilos and they were generating a power output of 3,634 watts. I forget the actual weight they were, they were lifting, but the power output is more important here. So that's a power output of 44 watts per kilo of body weight that person was generating. It's an incredible amount of force and you need to have an incredible amount of strength and power to generate that kind of power output. So how does that compare to someone who's a sprinter? And this is when it gets really, really interesting. People think about body weight training as squats, um, maybe doing some some ham, ham, natural hamstring raises, but they forget that sprinting is probably the ultimate body weight exercise and one of the most powerful movements that uh, an individual can can perform. And there was an analysis done. I don't think it was an exact study because I think it can be hard to measure to generate the actual force. But this study looked at um, looked at some numbers and estimated that a sprinter who weighs seventy kilos would generate a maximum power output of 4,400 watts. It's a huge, huge power output, um, which requires a huge amount of strength and a huge amount of force generation. So this sprinter, who is 70 kilos, generated 4,400 watts, which is 60 watts per kilo of body weight. And let's compare that again to the Olympic lifter measured on the snatch. It was someone who was 82 kilos generating 300, 634 watts, which is a power output of 44 watts per kgs. So the amount of power generated from a sprinter, an Olympic level sprinter, is much, much bigger um, in terms of the total number and also in terms of um, you know, out- output per kilo of body weight when compared to Olympic lifter compared to an, an, an Olympic lifter, sorry. So if we look at you know who has the greatest ability to generate force, is it the Olympic lifter or is it the sprinter performing a bodyweight exercise? Okay, so I guarantee that 99% of you are sitting there and thinking, right, sprinters do not generate that level of speed and that level of strength just by doing bodyweight exercises. You're absolutely right. And I 
did a little, little bit of research and there's a lot of videos and evidence and, and documentation of Usain Bolt doing leg presses and doing deadlifts. So he is using weights as part of his strength and conditioning program to reach the kind of speeds he does. So it's not it's not entirely about body weight, but the point I want to make with looking at these numbers is that you know something like sprinting is a body weight exercise. So it starts to change your mindset around you know the kind of force you can generate and the kind of strength you can develop by using just your body weight. But let's take that a little bit further and let's look at gymnasts. Gymnasts are seen, and I think rightly so, as the pinnacle when it comes to strength from body weight type training. And I did, did did some research on how quick gymnasts can run. And you know, if you're familiar with with gymnastics, something like the vault where they have to sprint up. I think the distance is 25 meters, and then vault off uh, the horse. Is that the correct term for it? Um, I'm not great in the terminology for gymnastics. And then you know, do some ridiculous spins and tricks that you know I I could never aspire to. But that speed is measured because it's an important metric for gymnasts. And the, the speed of um, looking at this one piece of research, looking at U.S. men's uh, gymnasts, was a speed of 7.64 meters per second. Remember that number, 7.64 meters per second. Now, those of those you that are really good with numbers, you're going to think Usain Bolt runs 100 meters in 9.74, I believe, is, is the, the current record, over 100 meters. So that's... Um, more than 10 meters a second when you break it out but what we need to remember is that the peak speed of a 100 meter sprint they don't reach that until 60 meters they're much much slower in the first 20 to 25 meters so we need to start comparing the speed of a gymnast over 25 meters versus the speed of an olympic sprinter at over 25 meters. Now, I couldn't find exact numbers of the top Olympic sprinters, but I did find some some stats from track and field where um, there was a, a US decathlete over 20 over 25 meters. His speed per meter was 2.8 seconds. So we and okay, that's not the best example of a sprinter um, because he's a decathlete, not a sprinter. But let's say we reduce that down to. Um, reduce the overall speed by you know 20 percent then the the um to say 2.5 seconds over 25 meters so rather than saying it's 2.8 it's 2.5 or we could bring it down to 2.2 whatever we want really um but we know it's not going to be two seconds because if it's roughly 10 seconds uh sorry 10 meters per second over 20 meters when we know it's going to be the slowest we know it's going to be greater than two seconds so i took the number of 2.5 um, seconds to run 20 meters and that works out at 7.3 meters per second so i'm throwing a lot of numbers at you so the, the main point i'm trying to make here is once the one study that i've looked at for gymnasts running running up to a vault is a speed of 7.64 meters per second and that's a distance of i believe it's 25 meters and i could find some data on a 20 meter dash from a track and field athlete and you know adding in some room for error for the fact that this athlete wasn't a top level sprinter it's about 2.5 seconds they run 20 meters which works out at a speed of 7.3 meters per second okay so 
this is not a like-for-like -like comparison. This is not a true study. It's not apples to apples and all, the, all of those analogies. Um, and a gymnast looking at some of the past Olympic champions for, for men, the, these stats were done on, on male gymnasts over the last three Olympics. It's about an average of about 60 kilos of body weight. And if an average sprinter is maybe closer to 70 to 75 kilos, it's not an exact comparison of what wattage they are, they are producing per kilo of body weight. But it's just trying to make the point that it's pretty damn quick, 7.6 meters per second. It's up there over, over a space of 20 to 25 meters. So if a gymnast is able to develop that level of force, and we know that gymnasts predominantly focus on body weight training, is um, we know that they're pretty damn strong. They're pretty damn strong in the lower body as well as the upper body, which is sometimes maybe a misconception. Now, again, right, I'm not gonna, you know, hang my hat on, on this as the whole argument of gymnasts being incredibly strong. It's it's a loose comparison, you know, with a couple of hours of research today. So I've got some more stats that I wanna share, but I just and start, wanna start opening, opening your eyes or opening your ears in this case that, you know, body weight training is a fantastic way to develop excellent strength. And some of the stats that I'm going to quote here are going to be from uh, someone called Christopher Summer. And he he runs a website uh, called uh, Gymnastic Bodies. I've got no affiliation, but I love the material that he puts out. And he's done a couple of podcasts on the Tim Ferriss show that I think uh, are absolutely worth listening to. And I believe he was also the men's, uh, men's U US gymnastics uh, team coach for 25 years. So when it comes to body weight training and gymnastic training, this guy absolutely knows what he talk, talk what, absolutely knows what he's talking about. So I trust what he's saying, um, or ninety nine percent of what 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 he's saying. Um, do you ever trust everyone, every anyone one hundred percent? I don't know. That's another debate for another time. But anyway, some of the stats that he talks about through the athletes that he's trained or the gymnasts that he's trained are. A staggering I'm going to give you a couple of examples and again these are examples it's not a full-blown study to compare one versus the other but just to give you an idea of how strong body weight training and gymnastic training can actually make you so the first example that Christopher gives is um, an athlete that, he, that goes by the name of JJ or a gymnast who weighed 135 pounds and was five at three and at the time, this, this, this person was a, a male and still in high school. So remember that they're still in high school. So you've got to think about how, how much more growth and development this person has to go through as, as a male athlete. And the first time that this person was ever tested in a deadlift and actually you know, had never trained a deadlift when they did a weightlifting class in high school, this person deadlifted 400 pounds. Let me repeat some of those stats. This was a high school gymnast that weighed 135 pounds, and the first time he ever did a weight training class in high school, he deadlifted 400 pounds. That's, to be exact, 2.96 times his body weight. I think we can do him, um, do him the credit and round that up to three times his own weight as a deadlift, having never done the deadlift um, before or I believe at least never seriously trained a deadlift. That's an incredible amount of strength developed from gymnastic and bodyweight type training. I've I spent a lot of time on the deadlift. 
I weighed at the time 100 and, um, 195 kilos, no, 95 kilos, and I deadlifted, I believe it was 195 kilos, so just over double. Um, it's an incredible number, three times your own body weight. And yes, that's only one example, but Christopher uh, Summer goes on to quote some other examples in one of his books. He tested this same athlete where he wanted to see his upper body strength, and he was very clear that this person had never done a weighted chin-up before. They'd done variations on chin-ups where they had uh, changed the angles and the leverage, and we'll talk about more more about changing angles and leverage when it comes to bodyweight training. But anyway, he wanted to test this, uh, test this athlete on a weighted chin-up, and he'd never done a weighted chin-up before. Remember, this person is 135 pounds, and they did a weighted chin-up apparently quite comfortably with 75 pounds attached to them. So that's an additional 55% on top of his own body weight. That would be the same as me doing um, the same as me doing a pull-up with rough just over 100 pounds attached to me. It's an incredible amount of strength. And if you read, you know, the, read, read the book, what he then goes on to say, they couldn't test any further because the strap they were using to, 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 to do those exercises broke. So who knows how much he could have gone up that day. Um, but he also gives another example of his son, who's 110 pounds and I believe 13 years old. So very, very early on in terms of his physical development for, for a male athlete. And at 110 pounds, his son was able to do weighted chin-ups with 50 pounds, which is an additional 45% on top of his body weight. And listen to this an additional 45% on top of his body weight, he could do weighted chin-ups for eight reps. That's an incredible amount of strength developed just through body weight training. So again, some of those numbers, you know, being able to deadlift three times their own body weight, being able to do a weighted pull-up with an additional 45% of body weight for eight reps, it's an incredible amount of strength developed by bodyweight training, and you can go on and you can look at it. You can look at other examples. Um, there's there's several YouTube videos. There's one that I've seen where, again, this is YouTube. How you know how valid is it? You know we're not measuring it, but if it's if it's to be believed, someone who is a, a gymnastic ring specialist weighing 150 pounds bench pressed 330 pounds, well over double their own body weight. So there's there's an incredible amount of, um, let's call it anecdotal, anecdotal evidence of how good bodyweight training can be for developing strength throughout the body. And I'm going to give you another example, actually, as well, that's not related to the more gymnastic training, but to, to yoga. There's, um, if you're not familiar with someone called Sebastian Brosh, who uh, runs Yoga for BJJ, again, no, no affiliation, but, you know, great guy, I've met him a couple of times. And he's he's got a, you know an incredible amount of strength to hold some of the postures and positions that he does, and I know people that have competed against him. I know people that have rolled with him, and they and they have told me personally that the level of strength that he has when he's you know w- when they're rolling with him and competing against him is is staggering for someone that dedicates um, their their off the mark conditioning to, to to yoga. Now I don't know Sebastian's full background whether he does other stuff, but I know that yoga is an absolute massive part. Uh, part part of what he do what he does it's another little example that's again not something to hang your entire argument on in terms of body weight versus weight training but some interesting well at least i think very very interesting information about 
you know, how body weight training can make you very, very strong. And we know weight training can already make you very, very strong. So just to, to recap the first question that I'm trying to answer, which makes you stronger? I think it's the wrong question to answer because typically when we say which makes you stronger, we tend to use weight training as the main measure. And it's like trying to say that someone who throws throwing a football is going to make you better at throwing a football and then asking a pitcher to throw a football versus the baseball to prove your point. Of course, if you throw a football more often, you're going to be better than that. But I also think it's the wrong question that we should be asking. But if you want to say what makes you stronger, I think the main thing is body weight training and weight training can both make you incredibly strong. That's the main thing I want you to take away from this first section. So the next question that I wanted to answer is which is more applicable for jiu-jitsu? I think it's a much better question for us to be asking ourselves. If we look at strength and conditioning, or let's focus a little bit more just on you know strength training uh, for, for today, then which is more applicable to, to jiu-jitsu? And for someone who's a strength and conditioning coach for a particular sport, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's any sport, you should also always be asking what's the most applicable to the sport that that person is practicing, what's going to give you the most benefits that then transition into that sport. And I think it's the same question that everyone should be asking when they approach their strength training for any sport, let alone just jiu-jitsu. So which is more applicable for jiu-jitsu? Is it weight training or is it body weight training? So let's think about at a high level, how we move about and the kind of things that we need to perform when we're doing jiu-jitsu, whether it's drilling, rolling in a competition. Um, one of the things that we need to deal with when we're fighting jiu-jitsu is instability. There's so much instability in jiu-jitsu, whether it's the position that you put yourself in or the person that you're fighting is trying to put you in the very nature of jiu-jitsu the sweeping someone taking someone down is all about putting someone in in, in an unstable position so we're constantly batting, battling instability but we're we're never in one static position unless we're in something like back control or side control or in mount and you've got a very good control over the person over the person we're you know but even in those positions we're always battling instability we're always needing to adjust our center of our center of gravity and where our body is placed that's the first thing is 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 instability and then we got to we have to ask ourselves the question which gives us more instability in our training is it weight training or is it body weight training? And you can argue that you can add instability to both, but I think through the very nature of body weight training and the progressions that you have to go through to get stronger, and we'll talk about how you, you look at those progressions later on, you have to add instability. So the very nature of body weight training drives instability into the kind of movements that you're doing. Um, you know, think about doing a push up on a set of gymnastic rings versus doing a bench press. Now you can do a bench press lying on a gym ball. You can add chains to the bar, but you don't have to to develop more strength. It's it, it's it's very easy to just add more weight, add, add more weight, add more weight. So I think body weight training lends itself a lot more to instability. And to add instability when you're not holding a, another object, like a big weighted bar above your chest, it's a lot safer as well. So that's another little factor. So instability is a really good thing are a really big part of you know what we need to consider in terms of our strength training. The, the next the next thing is going to be joint angles. When we move in jiu-jitsu, we very very rarely place our limbs out 
in a very defined angle. So if we're doing some kind of pushing motion, very rarely we're pushing our arm away from a body with at a perfect right angle um, from the torso, whether that's straight in front of us or out to the side. Our limbs go in so many different directions. It's it's almost hard to keep track of both our um, our arms and our legs. I almost think about it or picture it as if you've ever seen one of those old cartoons where there's two people fighting, they're rolling around on the floor. It's a big cloud of smoke and you can see legs and arms popping out everywhere. That's kind of the image that I have in my head um, a lot of the time for jujitsu, for jujitsu in terms of the way that we move our limbs. And you've got to ask yourself, which form of strength training gives you multiple joint angles, variation in the joint angles when you're, when you're doing the movements? Now, you can manipulate the, the joint angle when you're doing strength training with, uh, let's say, the bench press. You can be an incline or a decline bench press, but it's, it's still relatively, in more situations, going to be you know, straight, um, you know, straight up and down from the body, but you know, maybe a slightly different angle um, relative to, to the front of the body. It's rarely going to be your, your shoulder out at, you know, out, out to the left and out at 45 degrees behind you at 45 degrees up above you at 30 degrees you know pick pick any position that you really want i think body weight training let's look at something like you know crawling or you can look at variations of a planche push-up the way the arms move away from the body you have much more variation in terms of the joint angles and i think that prepares you much more for the demands of jiu-jitsu in terms of having strength that's applicable for jiu-jitsu but also moving your joints in a way that's similar I feel, and it's my opinion, is is going to make you more prepared to handle some of the quicker movements that you don't expect. And I feel you're less likely to get injured. Injured. Now, there's no study or research to back that up, but I'm a big believer that the more you prepare yourself, your body for the kind of movements it's going to encounter, the more likely you are to stay stay healthy over the long term. So we've talked about instability. We talked about joint angles. And let's talk about you know a full range of motion, and let's compare the way that most people would do a back squat, which is down with their legs to just a little bit below parallel, maybe a little bit deeper, and compare that to a pistol squat, where a pistol squat, you're going all the way down. So you're bending the knee and you're bending the hip through its full range of motion. And yes, you can do back squats with full range of motion, absolutely, but most people are not doing it that way. They're going through a limited, they're putting their joint through a limited range of motion. And let's now apply that to jiu-jitsu. Mobility and range of motion is absolutely essential for jiu-jitsu. The kind of positions that you put your body in, the way you get folded up, the more the, the, the more your body is prepared to handle that, the better prepared you are going to be for the demands of jiu-jitsu again. Um, but there's another thing when it comes to full range of motion. Uh, the, the joints get very little, if none at all, uh, blood. To blood to them so there's something called synovial fluid that flows to the joints and that's what gets the nutrients to the joints and helps them stay healthy and it's when we put our our joints through a full range of motion that we flush out the old liquid and pump fresh liquid into the joints so working our body and working our joints through a full range of motion is essential in joint health so that's another reason why i think body weight is more applicable now 
So we've talked about instability, joint angles and full range of motion. And the, the next thing I'm going to talk about is being strong in multiple positions. Now with with jiu-jitsu, let's say you're on the side in half guard, you're on someone's back, you're, you've got someone in close guard, you're in a you're in knee and belly. You need to be able to be strong in all of those positions and all of those um, different situations you end up in jiu-jitsu. It's no good being strong just pushing away from the body, pulling someone towards you, squatting up and down and deadlifting. Now, I'm oversimplifying weight training. I, you know, I absolutely know know that. But you think of something like a, a back lever or a tucked back lever on, on a pull-up bar, which is where you would pull yourself up toward, towards the bar and you're going to hang off with your knees tucked towards your chest um, with your back parallel to the floor, if you, if you can picture that. You Google or YouTube a back lever and you'll see... Um, you see what I mean? No, sorry, that's a, that's a front lever, uh, front lever or back lever, tucked front lever or back lever. Look, look, look at those, and you and you and you'll see what I mean. So those kind of static holds that you do through a very very good, um, you know, body weight strength training program make you strong in 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 a lot of these kind of weird, awkward positions that you don't really expose yourself to when it comes to, to comes to weight training. And I think that that lends, lends, lends your strength to a multitude of different positions when you're then fighting jiu-jitsu. So I think it has, you know, body, body weight training, just through the very nature of what you're trying to do, you're exposed to so many more different positions. You could potentially do weight training focusing on the squat, focusing on the deadlift, and focusing on the bench press, and only ever train those three positions and those three movements for 25 years. Yes, you can get stronger. You can continue adding. You can continue adding weight to the bar. You can continue improving your lifts. But are you exposing yourself to multiple different positions? Probably not. Body weight training forces you into these multiple positions, and I think then becomes more applicable for jujitsu. And the last point I'll, I'll make about which is more applicable for BJJ is in jiu-jitsu the ability to move your body through space I think is more important than your ability to move an object through space and that's the main difference when it comes to weight training and body weight training weight training you move an object through space and body weight training you move your body through space and there's there's obviously exceptions in you know uh, across across both, but in general, weight training you move an object through space. Body weight training you move your body through space. And in jujitsu, yes, you can move your opponent around, but your opponent is not going to just let you move um, move your opponent move you around. And it's you know often it's you moving around your opponent. You're obviously fighting against what they're trying to do you do to you as well so this one is maybe a little bit you know less tangible but I think it's still an important one body weight training forces you to move your body through space through all the different variations that you could go through um but weight training 
could be, you know, body weight training can be very, very, very defined. But to get better and stronger through body weight training, it forces you to move your body through space and, and, and practice these different movements. Whereas with weight training, you can continue to get stronger by staying in those same positions as, as we've just talked about. So that's my opinion. You may not agree agree with me, but if you want the best form of strength training for jiu-jitsu, whether you think it's rock climbing, body weight training, gymnastics, kettlebells, um, yoga, weightlifting, it doesn't really matter. You need to consider how you move in jiu-jitsu and how that strength training applies to jiu-jitsu. Instability is a big factor. Multiple joint angles are a huge factor. Full range of motion of the joints, being strong in multiple positions, and the ability to move your body through space, I think is very, very important. So that's how uh, how and why I think bodyweight training is much more applicable to jiu-jitsu. Now let's go on to the next point. What does weight training give you over bodyweight training? I've been all on the all on the bodyweight training side at the moment and really positive about bodyweight training. Now let's add some positives to to weight training. And I'll do the same thing for bodyweight training next. And what I'm not trying to do here is I'm not, I don't want to talk about a benefit of weight training if it's also a benefit you can get from bodyweight training, and vice versa. I, I wanted to pick out some of the key elements that I think you only get from weight training or you only get from bodyweight training. And I think that's important for people to make their own decisions about you know what they think is the most applicable form of strength training. And maybe this is not a complete list, absolutely get in touch and let me know if you disagree with this or in fact disagree with anything. It's one of my favorite debates actually when it comes to strength and conditioning. But what does does weight training give you that body weight training doesn't in terms of strength training? Um, Let's look at the, the most obvious one. For weight training, it's much easier to increase the loads and therefore force progression, force adaption and to force growth and development and to become stronger. You can just keep adding weight to the bar, keep adding weight to the bar and keep adding weight to the bar until the bar breaks or you break, which never is likely to happen. Um, You need a a lot of weight to break the bar or a pretty crap bar. Um, But my point being, it's you don't really have to think too much about how you get stronger when it comes to weight training. You just keep adding weight. Body, body weight training, you need to be a bit more creative and have a lot more knowledge in terms of how you manipulate the leverage and how you manipulate the angles, which I'll talk about later. But let's just let's just say that that weight training, if you've if you haven't got the time to go and research, you know, body weight training, you don't want to invest in another program. You already know how to weight train. You know what your numbers are. You're used to those lifts, and you haven't got all you know the time and resource to put into something that's a new program. It's easier to go into the gym, to pick up a bar and keep adding weight and continue continually add weight. Now, of course, it's not as simple as you just add five pounds every week and keep going and keep going. You need to plan your training. It's a lot more complex in terms of the approach. Um, but, you know, as a high level benefit, it is easier to just add weight and add load with weight training. And what leads into the next point is with weight training, it's, I think, even though I'm a massive bodyweight person, I think it's easier to measure your progress and to measure your numbers and maybe get a little bit more scientific about your loading and planning your routines when it comes to weight training over bodyweight training. If you know that your one rep 
max is 100 kilos and you know you're going on a light week, then you can work out your percentages and say, I only want need to do or only want to do 70% of my max. Um, and this is, it's, it's an important concept in properly planning your routine and properly, properly uh, periodizing um, or you know, per- the periodization of your training applying it to jiu-jitsu, applying it to, you know, just jet training in general, leading up to a competition. Let's face it, it's easier to measure the numbers. It's easier to know how strong you are. It's easier to know when you go on light and when you're going hard um, with weight training. And I have to put my hand up and say that. Um, which leads into, you know, the, this is gonna be my last point of why I think you know, one of the benefits that weight training has over, over body weight training. And that's what um, loading, loading through the spine so if we think of, let's use a squat as an example, um, you know, you put the bar or a back squat, you put the bar on your back, that load is going down through your spine, through your legs and, you know, through you know, almost your entire skeleton when you're performing these exercises. And when we look at the evidence of one, you know, very important way to develop bone health and bone strength and, you know, one of the ways it can be used to counter osteoporosis, it's heavy loads that load through the spine and maybe there maybe there are examples like if you do a weighted pistol squat um but you then maybe you could argue you're not it's not true body weight exercise so um there's absolutely with body weight training through plyometrics and, and and other forms you can still absolutely develop you know fantastic bone strength but you know one piece of research is that uh, you know one way look one way of looking at it is that, that that load needs to go through the spine and that's something that i think it is a little bit hard to replicate with body weight training um there are other benefits absolutely to body weight uh, to weight training but they were the main things that i could think of that you absolutely don't get from body weight training that the benefits that you only get from weight training and that's it's easier and easier to increase the loads it's easier to measure your numbers and the loading through the spine uh, has been shown to be a great way to increase bone density and bone health. Um, You can argue the loading through the spine over time is not the best thing to do, um, but that's a different debate for a different time. So how do I think body weight training gives you benefits over and above just weights? This list is a little bit longer because it's a lot closer to me. Again, you know, argue with me. Let me know, Lawrence. I think you're talking shit. You missed out the load of benefits that you don't get um, from body weight training that you do from weight training. But let's look at it. Body weight training gives you full body control. Um, and let me let me say something. Let me just pause before I dive into full body control. There's always an argument for well, yes, you can get body full body control with um weight with weight training you use your full body when you do the squat um and if you're that kind of full body awareness um that you can develop from doing the squat is is or the squat yes both the squat and the deadlift is is very very important i just think that body weight training for some of the stuff that i'm going to talk about here lend itself a lot more to the to the aspects that i'm going to talk about it almost forces it forces you into these um into these benefits through the very nature of, of of how it works so it's it's a spectrum right it's not always black and white so i just wanted to make that point real quick but anyway full full body control look at uh, i posted videos recently of me doing a tuck planche 
which is you know essentially holding your body off the floor with just your hands in contact and tucking your knees up towards your chest so your legs are entirely not not touching the floor an l sit would be another very good one look at any of the gymnastic rings exercises the level of control that you need to have over your body that full body control that full body strength that ability to contract all of the muscles in your body you have to have that for so many of those exercises it's not an option with weight training um you know yes you'll tense your your entire body when you're doing a squat but in terms of actually controlling the body it's a little bit of a different um bit of a different beast so it's not just about tensing your body but controlling your body at a certain angle to fight to fight against gravity and that i i i personally believe that you don't really get that from weight training in in the same way as you do with body weight training because of the angles that you put yourself in and when when you think of how it's applicable to jiu-jitsu that ability to to really hold your body in a solid position to really um have control over your body when someone else tries to move you i think it makes it much much harder for someone to manipulate you and that head to toe strength is something that if you've not experienced it it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around but when you've done a few workouts using gymnastic rings a few few workouts doing these full body type control exercises you'll realize how much more wired together your body feels or at least in my experience so that's one that's one benefit um we talked about instability and joint angles I think that um, I'll just touch on this very, very quickly. Bodyweight training, through its very nature, forces you to to work through more in in stable positions. And why, um, when you go through instability exercises, it's not just important because it's applicable to to jujitsu, but it forces you to work a lot of the smaller stabilizing muscles that are very, very important in our overall health. You know, we can often focus on on the larger muscles. so, for example, the gluteus maximus, um, or, the, or, the, or the butt, as um, it's more commonly called, is the biggest muscle and most powerful muscle in, in, in the body. Um, and people kind of, I think, are very aware of that. And, you know, doing a, doing a squat, any form of a squat, um, well, done properly, it's going to activate that muscle. But the gluteus uh, medius which is um, you know a muscle that's kind of a smaller muscle that sits I think I believe it sits below below the, below the glute um, is more responsible for moving the leg out at an angle from the body rather than just going straight up and down and you know when you put yourself in these unstable positions and put your joints at different angles you're forced to activate those smaller muscles and often it's weakness in those smaller muscles and that, that's where you tend to get the pain and the discomfort um, and your larger muscles start to overcompensate that's where a lot of problems come in terms of in terms of joint injury and, and joint pain and by the very nature of body body weight training you're forced to use those smaller muscles so it gives you a more complete i think um you know strength um profile let's call it and the joint angles as well i think we've just touched upon the joint angles you know it's it's, it's a lot safer and it actually pushes you to force multiple joint angles that you have to use in jiu-jitsu but let's move on to the next one that i think the, the what body weight training gives you over over weight training uh kind of like it's not full body control but it's bod- bodily bodily awareness when you do something like a like a tack planche, I'll use that example again, or you do something like an L-sit, it forces you to be aware of 
all of the different muscles in your body. When your legs are held out off the ground and you're pushing away with your arms, you really have to think about the tension and the position of right from your toes right up to your neck. And I think you can, not that you can't get that again with weight training, but through the very nature of what you're doing with body body weight training, it forces you to do that. It forces you to have that bodily awareness. And why I think bodily awareness is so important in jiu-jitsu is that it when you're when you're fighting with someone, let's say you're you're in side control and you go, and you go in you're going for a kimura, um, you could be just focused on the wrist, on your hands and controlling that person's wrist and then grabbing your own wrist. But you need to be aware of how your chest is placed, where your hips are placed, where you place your elbows, where you place your shoulder, where your weight is placed. Um, that kind of you know, that bodily awareness is what allows you to focus on the submission but still have an awareness of what your re- the rest of your body is doing and adjust quickly to when they, when the person tries to escape or just know where you are already so you kill kill those escapes and you know some of the the best people that I've rolled with are those people that have that bodily awareness and they almost know that you're going to move in a certain position um and touch their leg and try and grab their leg even though they're focused on your arm and they're working with their upper body so it's that bo- that bodily awareness i think you can develop much much you know much greater with some of the body weight exercises that, that you can do um yes you can absolutely you can develop that bodily awareness through jiu-jitsu but we're talking about you know supplemental strength training here today um so we've talked about full body control greater options in terms of instability and joint angles uh bodily awareness that i think body weight training gives you over of overweight um, I've got another four listed here. I'll try and fly through these quickly because I don't want this to drag on for too, for too long. But the next thing is freedom of movement of the scapula or freedom of movement of the shoulder blade. And this is particularly important when it comes to pushing exercises. If your predominant pushing strength exercise is going to be a bench press, your shoulder blades are pressed against the bench. So the ability for you to move and to articulate that shoulder blade in the correct position is very, very limited. And the reason why that's really important, if you look at a lot of research, the the, the strength through the shoulder blade or the scapula, whatever you want to call it, is massively important in terms of shoulder function. And that ability to, um, you know, move your shoulder in a pain-free, in a pain-free way. And it's also, you know, when we push in jujitsu, when we're moving around, that shoulder blade—that's uh, you know, exception of you know being on your back inside control. But when we're moving around, let's say you're on your side and you're pushing away, or you're pushing away off the floor, that scapula is free to move. It's not going to be held in in, in one in one sing, in one singular position. So stuff like press ups on a set of gymnastic rings, the, the scapula is free to move, and you're you're able to put it in the correct position that it needs to be to most optimally activate pushing strength and shoulder health etc i won't dive into the the positions of where the scapula needs to be today it'll get too detailed but that's another thing to consider that freedom of movement of the shoulder blade when developing pushing strength with body weight is much much greater um, than compared to weight training particularly as it relates to to pushing strength then the next thing is full joint extension now, with many of the static hold positions in, in bodyweight training, uh, let's look at someone who's just holding themselves in a stable position on a set of gymnastic rings without their legs touching the floor. 
you know, very, very basic position. To do that effectively, you need you need to lock you need to lock the joints out. And people think, or I think at least when I was, you know, looking at looking at weight training, let's take the bench press. And as an example, I think you're often taught, and I think a lot of people will do this, they never fully extend their elbow. They're actually taught not to lock their joint out in the top position. And for 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 bench pressing, um, you know, absolutely that you know could be good advice. I'm not a bench press expert, so I don't want to I don't want to say what's right or wrong in terms of the joint extension. But I know that most people will not extend their joint out fully when they're doing those kind of exercises. Now, the problem that that that, that leads to is that we're moving around in jujitsu. We're posting an arm out or posting a limb out. You know, often you haven't got a choice of whether your, your joint gets fully extended. You know, you put your arm out and your arm is in a straight line. Your elbow is fully locked out. Your shoulder is engaged and your wrist and your, and your, and your hand is engaged. You don't have an option of whether you extend your joint fully or not. So the fact that you're not training the joints through their full range of motion in terms of an extension, I think is quite important. And when you look at something, let's go back to the someone holding themselves up in on a set of gymnastic rings to do that properly and it's it, it's the best way to do it and also it's 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 a good way to do it um you have to lock out uh, sorry it's a good way to train full extension you have to lock out your arms in full extension when you're in those positions so you're training your body to be strong in those fully extended positions that you've often got no choice but to encounter when you're training jiu-jitsu so it's you, you prepare your joints in a certain way with these kind of exercises, but also um, starts to strengthen in a very different way than you would get with weight training. The ligaments and the tendons um, that, that that go through that go through the joints and you know, the elbow joint in particular. Right, there's a lot of um, you know a lot of when I say soft tissue, I mean muscles. Um, you know more. Sorry, I forget the right term, but the ligaments and tendons. Um, let's just stick with that. You know, there's a lot of a lot of tissue that's non-muscular that crosses that crosses the elbow joint, and actually strengthening that tissue is you know vitally important for not only joint health, but if you listen to someone like Christopher Sumner for maximizing your your strength potential, because it's a lot of that 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 tissue that's not just the muscle that generates. Uh, not, not so much generates the force, the muscle generates the force, but is um, uh, you know very applicable in the amount of force that you can you, you can generate. Right? It play it absolutely you know plays a role, and you know you, we'd have to you know go on a bit of a tangent to look at the research on that. So that full joint extension, you train that, or you're forced to train that if you're using the right positions with body weight training. Whereas with a lot of weight training, you're actively encouraged not to do it. Um, at least in my experience. Again, if you disagree with me, you know, let me know. And I'm gonna just quickly wrap up the next two points for this section of what body weight training gives you over weight training. You know, quite quickly. So I want to move on to onto the next sections, and that's to do with you know forcing mobility and joint joint stability. So you know, when you do stuff like you know extend your limb extend your limbs out in a, you know full extension and have to hold those positions and you're not just moving a, a weight up and down it forces you to stabilize those joints in in, in, a, in a very particular way that's incredibly important for the, the muscles um 
that that control the joint and stabilize the joint and strengthen the joint but also the joint itself and just being able to you know to hold those kind of positions so joint stability i think is a very important a very important factor and when i say it forces forces mobility um let's say you know a pistol squat or a bodyweight squat even you know up absolutely with a weighted squat a back squat there's a level of mobility that you need to do to do that properly and it's not to say that you know you, you can be have crap mobility and do some of these kind of things um but to get down into a pistol squat requires a much deeper level of mobility in the squat motion than it does than a back squat so through the very nature of bodyweight training to force you to, to get through the progressions to get stronger to go into the more more difficult positions you have to also improve mobility so it's not it's not really a direct um it's not a direct benefit of the strength training per se but it's something that kind of pushes you in that direction and mobility as we know is really really important for jujitsu so just to wrap up this little section then you know what does bodyweight training give you overweight training that i believe and again correct me if you think i'm wrong overweight training it's full body control much greater options in terms of developing uh, instability and joint angle uh, strength or developing strength in uh, through using instability in multiple joint angles uh, bodily awareness freedom of scapular movement full joint extension or strength with full joint extension forcing more mobility and, and and joint and joint stability and again it's not that you can't get these things through weight training i think body weight training just naturally lends itself to that so let's go on to the next section and the next the next two sections are going to be about what I see is a very common uh, not not debate a very common approach when it comes to bodyweight training by the way I'm just going to take a quick, quick drink here uh, when it comes to you know dividing bodyweight training versus weight training it's typically I'll do upper body upper body work using body weight and I'll do lower body work using weights so which do i think is better for strength than each upper body um i think this is going to be very very quick um for because i don't think it's it tends to be much of an argument with with many people pulling strength upper body pulling strength i'm not talking about the deadlift here what's the number one thing that almost everyone does to develop upper, upper body pulling strength it's the pull-up I found very, very, very few people with um, that do weight training that would disagree with that. So I don't want to spend too much time on the pull-up. And you know, there are there are more variations in just a two-arm pull-up. If you think that you've maxed out on a pull-up, can you do a one-arm pull-up? If you can do a one-arm pull-up for reps, then you know maybe you've maxed out on the variations you can do with pure, pure body weight and then maybe you need to look at something that's you know way more advanced using rings or whatever the case may be but to ask yourself that if you can't do a one-arm pull-up and there's obviously stages you've got to go through and variations you need to go through to get that but i think it's pretty hard to argue that there's any better pulling exercise for upper body pulling strength sorry so i'll, I'll leave that one there but upper body pushing strength people tend to this one this one changes you know people love the bench press or many people love the bench press and it's it's a great exercise for developing great strength we've we've talked about all of all of the benefits of body weight versus weight training so i won't i'll try not to reiterate them here um but think of 
pushing exercises pushing exercises using a set of gymnastic rings and there's like the planche push-up with your feet on the floor but google oh sorry you look on youtube for a planche push-up rings and there's one video where a guy is doing a push-up on a set of rings with his body completely parallel to the floor now can he bench press the, 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 the same amount of weight as someone who specializes in the bench press probably not but we talked about a video earlier where there's someone who's a ring specialist if this is to be believed weighing 150 pounds and benching 330 pounds that's an incredible amount of strength but take a look at that planche push on a set of rings so they're they're, they're not touching the floor the only thing they've got contact with is their hands on the rings and their body is entirely straight entirely horizontal with the floor now for the overall benefits and the overall pushing strength that you're going to get over and above just the weight that you can push above your chest i you're gonna maybe spend 100 years to convince me there's a better way to develop upper body pushing strength as opposed to an exercise like that and i don't think when you watch that video i don't think many people are going to argue so i'll, I'll you know what's better for upper body strength i think body weight body weight training hands down once you know the variations to go through and what how you need to progress body weight training hands down um you just need to know how to get there it's a little bit more complex but we can touch on that a little bit in the in the last section but what's better for the lower body and i had to think about this one a lot and we talked about some of the stats earlier where we looked at you know the power generation of some an olympic lifter doing the snatch versus the power generation of uh, an olympic sorry a sprinter um looking at some of the stats of someone who weighs 135 pounds who's a, a gymnastic athlete doing a deadlift it's it's a little bit harder i think to to split to split between the two but here's 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 my view on it if you're looking for just absolute maximum strength how much weight you can lift how much force you can generate I find it hard to argue against the fact that lifting weights is better for developing strength. Um, it, it, it's hard to argue against, and, the, and the, the, re, the reason for that is that, at least from what I've seen in my research and my experience, again, I'd love to see some some, some different examples here, but um, the, your ability to continue adjusting the leverage. Um, and adjusting the angles that you use to make the exercise more and more difficult i think is is, is far more limited when it comes to the lower body mainly because you have to you know have to be pushing off the floor right to develop leg strength um you use using body weight so it's harder so you reach a ceiling i think you reach a ceiling a lot quicker with leg strength than you do with upper body strength when it comes to body weight exercises um so i think for maximum strength weight training is is probably going to be better but let's be really clear that the ceiling that you can reach for using body weight training is for for, for lower body strength is much much higher than many people think we've already talked about sprinting and the kind of forces generated from a top level sprinter albeit they would do weight training as well um but let's look at like a pistol squat if you can get down and do 
and, and can do a pistol squat. That's an incredible amount of strength if you can do that for reps with good form and you know heel flat on the floor. Then look up pistol squat box jump. Look on YouTube and look at some of those examples. You can take it further than just a basic pistol squat. If you can do a deep pistol squat and, and jump up onto, up onto a box, it's 12 or 24 inches high. It's an incredible amount of strength. Now, you know, that, that range of motion is probably not the best for generating power, but that's a different discussion. But just a, as a pure show of force, it, it, it's pretty damn impressive. So what I would say with developing strength for the lower body, if you want to do, if you want to do max, develop maximum absolute strength, I think that using weight is a better way to go. But if you want something that's going to give you the overall benefits in terms of the instability and how that impacts knee health and joint health and working to a full range of motion, you know, working your balance um, and body control, right? There's a hell of a lot of body control you need to have for a pistol squat. I think you get a much bigger bang for your buck with, with, um, you know, using your body weight to, to develop leg strength. And something like the... I believe the correct term for it is the natural hamstring raise when you're kneeling on the floor and your feet or your heels are lodged behind, let's say, a, a bar and you, you, while keeping your body straight, you go all the way down to the floor and pull yourself all the way back. An incredible, incredible exercise, incredibly difficult if you've never tried that. Try that, you know, look it up and look at proper form and, you know, safety, etc. But at some point, try that exercise. And then that's again going to, you know, start making you realize how much you can develop that, um, you know, hamstring and glute strength through using your body weight as well. So the ceiling is much higher than you think. Um, But, you know, me personally, I do a mixture of kettlebell work and and body weight training for my lower body. Um, I think there's something to be said for lifting something heavy up off the ground, whether that's a bar, whether it's a kettlebell. It's a very important functional movement, you know, for, for life in general. Um, or let's say let's let's put it back to jujitsu, where let's say you're, you're you're picking someone up and you know trying to hoist them in the air and put them down on the floor. Maybe more applicable to MMA, you know, kind of a, a double or single leg takedown. And obviously, it's not about strength; it's about technique. Um, but I think it's something that there's a lot to be said for that ability to pick something heavy up off the floor. So I personally use use kettlebells a lot. So you know, what do I think is better for upper body training? I think it's body weight training, absolutely. What's better for lower body? If you're looking just for maximal maximal strength, then I think using weights is the best way to go. But if you want the overall benefits, where you can still develop an incredible amount of strength, I think body weight training is a better way to go. But me personally, I also add in kettlebells on top of my body weight training. So just to you know get towards the end of this show now and start to wrap things up you know one more question i think is important to answer is how do you best develop strength using bodyweight training if i'm talking about bodyweight training being so good uh, for jujitsu it would be remiss of me to, to leave it off the table of okay lawrence how do i best develop that strength using bodyweight i know how to do push-ups i know who i know how to do pull-ups i know how to do dips but where do i go on top of that i think one of the one of the key things to remember is that the same as with using weights, the principle of three to five sets, sorry, three to five reps for three to five set, sets, which research shows is the best rep range um, 
when you're you know, when I say three to five reps and three to five sets, which I talked about a bit more in the in, in the in the first podcast, you know, we're not talking about I could normally do twenty reps and now I'm going to do five. It's a load that you can only you know just about do for three to five reps for three to five sets. Research is showing that that's the best way for 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 developing for developing strength, and those rules still hold true for bodyweight training, and if you can do. 25 push-ups you know it's, it's a great exercise to do 25 push-ups but you're no longer developing strength same with body weight exercise body weight squats the same with dips the same with same with pull-ups they're, they're great exercises for developing muscular endurance and they have their place but we're talking about strength here today so you need to know that just doing okay let me rephrase it slightly Doing more pull-ups, doing 20 pull-ups, doing 30 pull-ups does require a level of strength, but we're talking about your most optimal ranges for maximum force production. You need to be in that three to five rep range for three to five sets. So when you start hitting that, you then need to look at different variations. So if we take something like the push-up, then you could start doing archer push-ups, where if you've not seen an archer push-up, it you know, you, you, let's say the left arm stays directly under the shoulder, but the right arm is going to be stretched out almost like you're pulling um, a bow. And then you so the, 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 the leverage is placed far more on the left shoulder versus the right shoulder, and then vice versa when you switch it over, something that you should, you know, look up online. Then when you can do archer push-ups, then you can do one-arm push-ups and kind of, you know, build from there. Um so the, the, the point the point being it's, it's it's too difficult to talk through all of the different variations here but when you can hit those three to five sets three to five reps for three to five sets you then not need to start adding more instability changing changing the angles of your movement and adjusting the leverage of you know how your body weight is placed against the, the movement that you're trying trying to work so you need to go beyond the, the traditional push-ups pull-ups and dips um that's, that's it's very very important to remember and there's a you know plenty plenty of good programs you know my the, the programs that i've developed um on bjjstrength.com are that's the kind of the the premise that they follow you work through those progressions based on with the exception of the kettlebell work by adding more instability and, and, and adjusted joint angles to develop the body weight strength um but there's you know i'm i i feel that you know even though i i, I I feel I'm, you know, I've got a good uh, body weight to strength ratio. There's, you know, I, I'm like maybe a blue belt at a push when it comes to body, some of the body weight training feats that the top level, you know, gymnasts can perform. So there's, there's levels, right? There's, there's loads of levels. Um, but the next thing I was going to point out is that for body weight training and developing strength of body weight training, when you start changing the angles and changing the leverage, it's going to place more strain on the ligaments and tendons than maybe you would get with weight training and those that that tissue takes longer to adapt and again this is something that i got from you know christopher summer or listening to him speak but also i've um you know read in read in other uh, manuals or books as well the ligaments and tendons typically take about 12 weeks to, to 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 completely kind of recoup and recover and adapt to the exercise whereas the muscles it's typically about four weeks so because you're putting a lot more strain on the ligaments and tendons as you progress through the exercises you maybe want to progress more slowly than you would with weight training so this is not a sexy it's a little bit more boring but you may you know before you suddenly just jump into a new exercise and suddenly add in more load you may want to stick 
within a certain rep range and certain exercises for longer, you know, 10 to 12 weeks to allow the body to fully adapt before you go into the next exercises. And I know that's um, not as exciting to plow through all these exercises really, really quickly, but your body is going to thank you in the long run. And it's consistency over intensity is a massively important factor in in, in any training, um, particularly when it comes to body weight and training. And yeah, the other thing is if you start to get into some of the more static holds, so an L-sit or holding, holding a handstand, holding yourself you know, in position on a set of gymnastic rings, the gains that you see and the improvements are going to be much, much smaller. You're not suddenly going to go in and do two or three more reps after a couple of weeks. It may be, I can barely get up for a second but now I can get up for a second, or I used to be able to get up. Let's an L sit. Let's, let's give give a real example. I can do an L sit. I can do it for five seconds. I could do it for five seconds four weeks ago, but now my control for those five seconds is much much greater. So the the, the kind of you've got to look for the, the progress in a very very different way. I think we talked talked about in the last show about looking for the little victories, and it's a big a big factor in motivation. That. The, the, the victories are going to be smaller because they're far more complex movements. So what you may lose in increasing in reps, increasing loads and increasing time, you may gain in you know increased balance, increased bodily control. So it's those little victories over time, I think are gonna be probably more important. It's important with weight training as well, but I think it's very, very applicable for, 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 body, for body weight training. So those are some of the kind of key things you want to think about how you know developing strength from, from jiu-jitsu and just look at some of the examples of a ring planche push-up with you know someone completely horizontal off the floor look at someone doing one-arm pull-up actually there's a great video of someone doing a one-arm pull-up on a climbing rope um look at someone doing a, a pistol a pistol box jump as well and I think just looking at those exercises and realizing how much more you can still do when it comes to body weight training and developing strength, I'm hoping will open your eyes for um, you know what I think is a, is a much more. This is a personal perspective, right? This is not to do with you know what's better one or the other. I just find it pretty cool to do some of these body full body control exercises by doing attack attack plant. You're learning a skill as well as just developing strength. And it's for me, it's a very, very fun journey. So I you know I'd love you to experience that as well. But you know, let's bring it back to what this this, this podcast is about, and you know what's more effective for uh, strength training for jujitsu. Um, both strength training and weight training can get you strong, uh, you know, strong as hell. There's there's no doubt. I think there's no argument about that. But you've got to ask, you know, how are you trying to apply that strength? And I think with all of the variations we talked about with bodyweight training in terms of instability, joint angles, full range of motion, full full joint extension, etc., etc., and the way that we move when we're fighting jiu-jitsu and what we have to do and the demands that we've got to you know, undertake when we're fighting jiu-jitsu, I think that bodyweight training just gives you, far, you know, gives you a bigger bang for your buck. And, you know if you get more results from less work you need less time to train um and you get you know more time to train jujitsu more time to spend with your family more time doing whatever the hell you want to do so that's 
I'm going to wrap it up there. That, I hope I hope you found this interesting. It's been actually really good for me to sit and talk all this through and articulate all the arguments that I have in my head all the time about why body weight is better than, better than weight training. But again, as always, if you disagree with me, let me know. Get in touch. You can find me on Instagram at BJJStrength. You can find me on youtube.com forward slash BJJStrength. Or you can go over to BJJStrength.com um, and you know you can find the links there for for the email. Um, if you want to get in touch about personal one-on-one coaching, we can do that. There's some paid programs. There's a free breathing for BJJ course, uh, which is you know a ton of people are taking that course and seeing huge benefits now. So check all that good stuff out. But as always, uh, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time.